Hello? Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Trust in Messiah. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas, and who, sir, are you? I am your producer, Matt Duncan. Freddie, how you been? I have been pretty good. <laughs> If you are tuning into this podcast for the first time, or if you're back, thank you. We are a Raptors slash NBA pod. We're hardcore fans. We have analysts on. We have comedians. And, uh, you know, anyone who's a hardcore basketball fan, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, you know, if people want to help us out, like spread the word, you know, just elevate our podcast status. How can they do that, Maddie? You can go to our website, dunkspodcast.com, as I like to say. We do have all our links there, but you can also go to thesonarnetwork.com. That is our podcast network that we are a part of. We've got a link tree set up on our Instagram and our Twitter in the description. So another easy way to see everything you need to click and to get to where you need to go. Our Patreon, our website, our podcatchers, you know, us on the Sonar Network, all that stuff you can easily click, and we appreciate it. We just released a Patreon episode for the masses on our podcatchers, the League Pass report. So far, it looks mm-hmm. like everyone's been checking it out. Thank you for listening. Freddie and I have a fun time doing those segments. Uh, I get excited about doing the next one. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And if you can't support, fantastic. Head to uh, patreon.com slash podcast or click our link for it. Damn right, Matty. Uh, I get excited for those too. And, uh, you know, when me and Matt disagree, just so you know, we meet, um, you know, whatever, like in a field and just fist fight. So <laughs> things are cool um, between us. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, th- this pod's great. We got um, Jay Rosales from Raptors H- HQ, and that's a rap pod. And we got Sean Woodley um, from uh, from Lockdown uh, Basketball. And, uh, you know, just, just two great analysts. We talk about... Mm-hmm. The you know Raptors nicknames Spice and Dice. Shout out to Ennis Esmer, friend of the pod, uh, for for naming Pascal and Fred like giving them a, giving them a duo name. We also uh, we talk like yeah, just trade deadline like you know who's who you want to try and figure out between Portland, New Orleans, yep. Indiana, Sacramento. Yeah, uh, we talk uh, All Star snubs mm-hmm. and. Um, and we also talk Raptors rumors and just, you know, what people are enjoying the most. So uh, check it out. Have a listen. Enjoy. Spread the word. Thank you very much. And uh, I think um, let's get rolling. But before we do, uh, I will say uh, uh, defund the police, Black Lives Matter, stop Asian hate and email your city councilors, your your MPPs and your MPs. Let them know your opinion. Uh, and, uh, yeah, be noisy about it. Like don't, don't, you know, honk a truck horn for instance, but, uh, you know, let yourself be heard and, um, yeah, let's, let's get into some basketball. Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, give me those delicious words. Okay. Okay. (laughs) 
All right, here we go. Uh, we got a very fun trade deadline episode of Confederacy of Dunks basketball podcast. Two returning guests, two incredible guests. So I'm I'm really excited to, uh, yeah, get going here. They know each other from the road, from Raptors HQ. But uh, let's bring on guest number one. He's done this pod a bunch. Uh, yeah, uh, an amazing basketball personality. I'm always curious to hear what he's thinking. Uh, he always has fun stats for us on the pod. Uh, you can catch him on CP24, Raptors HQ. Um, that's a rap pod. He's a, yeah, he, he's a busy man. And uh, you know him if you're in the Raptors world at all. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Jay Rosales. Hey. Hey. I always, I can't sit still when I hear the intro music. It always gets me going. Yeah, me either. I'm all, I, it always like, I'm always, I'm easy to rile up in general. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always have to be like, okay, just feel the music for a second, Freddie, then chill, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it, we're at a time when chilling is not really the thing right now, right? With, with all the trades happening, it's, I, I'm not going to sleep for the next 48 hours, if I'm going to be really honest with you. But excited yeah, I, to be here. Hey, I, uh, you know, I'm very happy to have you. I also woke up and just immediately went to Twitter and uh, was just talking with the, this, our next guest about really, you know, spending more and more time on Twitter. Um, and it's easy to spend even more time on Twitter after you're on there a bunch. But uh, yeah, let's, let's bring him on. Uh, a huge fan uh, of his work, have been for a long time. Um, you know him from the Locked On Raptors podcast. Also, uh, basketball with uh, Katie Heindel, frequent guest of the show. He's amazing. You know, he's had some of my my favorite podcasts on uh, way back in the summer. He had the uh, coach of Florida State, which he interviewed about Scotty Barnes. Just all, all sorts of deep cuts. Good stuff all the time. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone, for Sean Woodley. What's up? <laughs> My music was pretty funky. I was hoping to go to like this cool chill, but no, I had to little, you know, bump it up a little bit. But that's cool. How's it going, guys? Good, good. You're, yeah, your oh, music wow. is like guy that's way bigger than everybody else comes into the gym. That's like, ridiculous, but all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like guy, guy who's like ready to just like do chin-ups while staring at you, you know? A thing I've literally never done before. I've never done a chin-up, <laughs> never will. I grew – when I was in school, I lived with a guy who had a chin-up bar in his door frame. And this guy sucked, by the way. Did not not oh, yeah. a fan of this guy. Very, very intense energy. And uh, to illustrate that point, he would often at like 2 or 3 in the morning just start doing chin-ups in his door frame. And his no. door frame was directly next to my bedroom. And it was – the worst. So I have vowed to never do a chin up ever again, and I'm happy with my decision. <laughs> I I fully support your decision, and I'm also uh, uh, apologetic that I brought up a trauma memory uh, for you. <laughs> that sounds horrifying. Chin ups. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, yeah. I, I feel like yeah. Everyone's like uh, secondary education is also filled with like, oh yeah, I had this roommate that uh, tried to freak me out every day, like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, we're all past that. Uh, it's a trade deadline season, so let's jump right into it. Maddie, good sir, give me uh, your weirdest Raptors non-Aaron Bainesy sting. Mm-hmm.
Okay, sick. Um, let's uh, let's start with you, Sean. Uh, so yeah, I'm just gonna. I mean, rumors are flying around everywhere right now. I'm sure there's gonna be breaking news on this pod. By the way, if either of you see breaking news, feel free to just let it fly. Just blurt it out. All just right, blurt it. You know, <laughs> I'll keep an eye. That's that's where we're at. Um, there are two Jeremy Lambs. I tell you, there's two <laughs> Jeremy Lambs. Breaking news: uh, Jeremy Lamb cloned himself. Uh, um, it's really scary, but like cool. Um, He's hitting two uh, game-winning buzzer beaters against the Raptors every time he plays them. Now it's unbelievable. That what that's like. That's like Mo Pete like level game winner. Because like, didn't we block the shot? Pascal blocked yeah. it. I think. Yeah, there was. Yeah, it was like one of those ones. Actually, it wasn't dissimilar to the play that Siakam had last night where the ball got hit into the backcourt and he just went and scooped it up. And then obviously it wasn't at the end of the game, so there wasn't Mm -hmm. the clock pressure that Jeremy Lamb had when he put it up from 50 feet or whatever. But Siakam got the ball and just like waltzed up and buried a three in someone's eye. And it was a similar kind of vibe against the Hornets as well. You love to see the the karmic retribution coming back around. I I really do. Um (laughs) Like, you know, I, I mean, I've went to a lot of really tight Raptors Bobcats games. So, mm. uh, you know, hey, um, I, I've, I've been demoralized by by Crash and uh, ma- many different Hornets and Bobcats alumni. So I'm happy we're, we're kicking their ass. Um, yeah. So, Sean, I just want to jump right into kind of like Raptors rumors. There's a lot of stuff going around. What's like your favorite rumor, you know? For whatever reason, maybe because it's crazy or maybe because um, you like it and want it to happen. Yeah, I mean, I've really found myself getting pretty excited by all the nostalgia plays that seem to be possible here. Like Yakup mm. Pertle, yep, all for that. Terrence Ross, I mean, there's a picture of him right here. Yeah, Terrence Ross, let's do it. Um, so, like, those are fun. I ultimately don't know if any of, like, the old Raptors guys are actually – the solutions to what the Raptors need. And so I think my favorite one, this is kind of a new one that Jake Fisher started peddling out there for the last couple of days. I think I'm kind of in on Gallinari because I think this Raptors team so desperately needs some kind of shooting off the bench. I love Chris Boucher and Precious Achua just maniacing it up whenever they come into games. But like it's been pretty clear whenever Gary Trent's on the floor that the shooting that he provides is basically essential to the team surviving. And I feel like if you can get 15 minutes of similar knockdown shooting from someone on the wings in some capacity, you're kind of cooking with something. And I can really see some pretty fun second units where you get like a Siakam at point guard with like Barnes or OG next to mm-hmm. Gallo with the two crazy bigs. Like they can get pretty fun, pretty fast. And it's just all they need is a one extra guy to help make it. So it's just not always so cluttered all the time. And Gallo to me, while he's not like perfect defensively or anything like that, I, I've kind of come around on that idea. You know, is it worth a first round pick? Maybe not. Like the, it, It's tough to sort of do the math there and, and sort of calculate whether or not it is worth going all in for him. But mm-hmm. I think Gallo would be a wonderful fit. How they make it happen, I'll leave that to Masai and Bobby. But I, that's kind of the one I've stuck my wagon to. You know, there's not been rumors about Harrison Barnes. If there were, that would be my one. Like to you know go back mm-hmm. to you know dreams of the 2012 draft all over again. <sighs> I'd be super down for that. But I feel like what happened today probably – limits the likelihood that they're going to want to trade Barnes. We can get to that later, I suppose. Um, a, b- a bunch of stuff that I loved. One, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this answer. I'm going to go to my backup because my number one was Gallo. 
I, I think that it's a rumor I like, you know, um, I was hearing some of the Bogdanovich stuff, which I also liked, but yeah, Gallo his last five years. I think the biggest, my biggest worry for him is just games missed. Yeah. But if he's coming off the bench, you know, he's been shooting, I think like above 38 or 39% from three for like the last four or five years, mm-hmm. uh, 10 points a game. He's, he's kind of a perfect plug-in for this roster. Like I also really feel like some age would be good for this roster. Yeah. Um, like I think we're young enough and uh, yeah, I, I just love that rumor. And, and, and like you said, I feel like a first round might, might put me in the camp of like, well, I, I'd rather just see Champagne or whatever guys develop or let's play mm-hmm. Utah, Utah. But um, if it's some kind of like, yeah, tragic for Gallo and, you know, it's just because they don't want to have salary for two years and we want to make Gallo or Dragic into something, <clears throat> then I, I'm majorly for it. So that's kind of what I'm hoping. Plus but, you get uh, a new spokesman for Primo Pasta. Like it's uh you can bring it all back. <laughs> he just subs right into the Primo Pasta role. You're like, listen, they just um, reshoot the commercial where he's taking unguarded jumpers while a chef talks about Primo Pasta that they had with Barks. Like I I think a shot for shop remake is really what we need now. I'm more fully in on this now that I've come up with this idea. Um, <laughs> I I also feel like the like as a commercial actor, me and Matt, I feel like can both relate to uh, they would probably ask Gallo. They'd show him a video of Bargs and be like, so this is like a zero out of 10 emotionally. Um, we need you to be higher than that. Like we're trying to sell the pasta. Um, we're not trying to make like a weird meme here. Mm. Uh, also, just every time Bargs and pasta comes up, I just got to shout out uh, Kate Ziegler, who's who's done this podcast before voice actor, great actor. She had a story uh, at a restaurant where the Raptors came in and Bar- Bargnani ordered like a family pasta and he just got it in a giant bowl and like straight up like pounded it in two minutes and immediately asked for another family pasta where like the kitchen guys were like coming out and looking and being like, this is crazy. Um More anyway. seedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more seedy. Oh my God. Um, Okay, yeah. Uh, so I won't reveal my backup just yet. But uh, Jay, are you are you Team Gallo? Is there another rumor you like? Give me Team Nostalgia. Bring, let's bring back Yak. I absolutely love that rumor. I I think that you know, while I agree with you both that the, the bench totally needs some scoring, I say let's double, triple down on this offensive rebounding, defensive push. I mean, it, when when it comes time, it's obvious now that the Raptors are going to be a playoff team. I think we've known that for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And when, when shots aren't falling, at least we can rely on a very reliable defense. So I say lean into it. I say use, use Dragic, reunite Yakin skills, bring back all that offensive rebounding. And I can't remember, I was, I was going to make a, you know, I was going to lean in on that, uh, uh, the commercials there and, and call out the Yakin skills commercial. But I, honestly, do you guys remember what, what commercials did they used to do? Because it wasn't, it wasn't PB&J. What were they doing? Oh God! Do they have one together now? I they know must have. I, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I, I can remember them like sitting in like almost like a dorm-like room together. Yeah, was it like video games? Oh, was it a PlayStation commercial? It might Come be a on. PlayStation. Hold on, doing some quick research on the fly here. Before you get there, We've I'm just gonna guess. Google, Google, Google. Oh, ah, Google. Hello, Google. Right. I knew something techy. Yeah. Something techy. Yeah. I was gonna say I hope it was like a Roomba. 
but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So bring back, let's bring back Yak. I, I, I love that addition, uh, bringing him back home and, you know, just the vibes on this team are so good. It can only get better. So let's, let's, let's bring back Yak. Yeah. I, I, I love bringing back Yak as well. I think I'm, I'm definitely team, you know, I believe in the platoon center position, not, you know, throwing a ton of money down for the center, However, I do think having a leader of the platoon like Yak would be good, you know, um, especially if we are in the playoffs and, you know, we start to deal with some situational bigs. And I think Yak's kind of the nice, like, you know, you're not going all the way in on a center. Um, and I, I don't think this roster is built to go all the way in on a center. And I feel like Yak is kind of the, you know, he's kind of the nice, like, halfway point there. Um, my... Uh, my my backup is actually uh, Sean already mentioned it. I feel like he's going to love this one, but you know it was rumored maybe a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like it died down a bit. But I really like bringing back T Ross. Uh, I think you know, yeah, flight thirty one. You know, <laughs> first game back, he'll break Fred's record and say it's my house. Um, <laughs> you know, he for sure won't do that. But I, I, he's like a he's a veteran. I think that his shooting has been fantastic, like almost his entire career. I also feel like he's the type of guy, you know, unlike Gallo, who could potentially slot in for Trent if Trent, you know, if, if Trent, you know, let's say goes down for 15 games, I'm sure, yeah, you could spot start Gallinari. But I think his major advantage is going to be like with the bench adding some shooting. And I feel like T Ross could sort of do both. And I also just feel like you got the Kings, you got the Pacers, you got the Blazers, uh, Pelicans now. There's not a lot of like really bad organizations left to target. And mm-hmm. I- I'm a big fan of Masai. You just, I-, I love that he goes after the Kings and the Magic and maybe the Thunder. I don't know. Like, uh, or, or the Rockets. Um, I don't think the Rockets are, are the same level of bad as those franchises, but uh, I-, yeah. I-, I just. Yeah, love they got yeah, Tillman, yeah. man. Don't don't underestimate yeah. Tillman Fertitta's power here. That's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> don't underestimate. If it's like a greedy target, person, sorry, I would totally target the the Rockets. I mean, that was my backup was to go after Eric Gordon. If only, I mean, we're we're, we're talking about bench scoring. I mean, he he supplies that, uh, and he's doing it at a really good rate this year. But on top of that, I just want to see the awkwardness of of what we saw the other day with Karis Levert. And and then the Cavs, right? Getting traded and facing that opponent the same night. The Raptors <laughs> faced the Rockets on Thursday. So please give me a Gordon trade and some awkward locker room stuff on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I, I also just, I like that the tenor, you know, has changed to the point where this is the conversation we're having, like we're, mm-hmm. we're having. I'm not sure if everyone here watched the, uh, the Bobby Presser, but, um, you know, you know, obviously a lot of jokes are being made about how he kind of can say nothing and a lot of things at the same time. Mm-hmm. However, I do feel like he does let things slip. And, you know, one thing I read from that is that he really likes the core. He likes the direction and he generally does not feel pressured by the situation. Like, I don't think this management ever does, but in particular, like things are good. This is just a good time. If you're a Raptors fan, like there's nothing, there's no, there's no real bad outcome to the season. 
unless you feel it's like it's a kuna matata, man. It, it is. really is. No like, worries. The, the, I mean, for me, I've been like in everything is gravy mode since like the first glimpses of Scotty Barnes and like the first two weeks of the season. It's like, oh, he's this good. Fine, cool. Whatever happens, happens. Like, yeah. it's nothing else matters. And yeah, the fact that they've gotten this good now, and it's like obviously they should be adding at the deadline. And you know, it seems like Chris Boucher has played his way out of being a trade chip, which is really fun and a cool story for him. Yeah, it's been a it's been a blast. I, I'm fully with you on that. Sorry to cut you off. I just no, really no, I love it. Drop in my Lion King reference, I guess. Oh, drop in a Hakuna Matata anytime. Um, <laughs> or like if you want to drop a Scar song, like be prepared. Like I'm yeah, into yeah. that too, you know. Um, I just can't wait to beat Kings or that work or something like that. I don't okay, know. yeah. This is this is good shit now. This is now this is now getting full Lion King punny. Um, Okay, let's uh let's go to you, Jay. But uh, Maddie, I want you to come in because this is kind of like silly answer time. Not that Matt also isn't a serious person. Whoa, <laughs> whoa! Um, I love how I'm like, hey, he's serious, and you just come in like, um, <laughs> sort of scared. <laughs> so yeah, um, got a shout out friend of the podcast, uh, Ennis Esmer, who uh, had sort of a genius post on Twitter referring to uh, Pascal and Fred together as Spice and Dice, uh, which, you know, I think just made a lot of sense. And I felt like it had some Twitter traction. I, I did yeah, see TSN last night. TSN stole it. What's that? TSN stole it. They- well, yeah, I, I saw on Sportsnet, the, the, and this is so funny to me, they, they put it all, like, on a graphic, but it was only about Pascal. So oh. they sort of missed the entire point. <laughs> I think they were playing on the like like slice and dice a defense. Oh yeah, of, but they still used the word spice, mm-hmm. and and it was just about Pascal. You know, I think like whatever, it, it's it's fine. Ennis was just joking about it, like he doesn't care. But <laughs> it's it is funny to me that it's like they had this gift, took it. And then kind of like didn't use it properly. Yeah, you know what I'm whenever I'm dicing vegetables, that's when I choose to spice, right? It's like <laughs> there's no heat. We're just chopping some onions and then, then I'm putting the spice on top as I'm dicing. Yeah, good job, Sportsnet. <laughs> yeah. Sportsnet. Please listen. hire me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All jokes aside, these are some very talented fellas. Okay, Sportsnet? Hire them. They're grinding. They're great. Um <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, I, but like that's all leading to uh, it. It is a really good nickname. It makes sense. Um, so I, I'm looking for who on this roster uh, doesn't have like a sufficient nickname because um, I'm sure they all have some some you know form of nickname. But uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking for new nicknames. See if there's anything that sticks. It can describe several people. One person. Um, yeah. Let's go to you first, Jay. What's uh what's like a good a good Raptors nickname? Well, the nickname I heard in the off season that hasn't gained traction yet, which I hope will gain traction, is Delano and Barnes. Like I know that's not a nickname per se. <laughs> lean into the whole like legal defenders thing uh, for the Raptors, and yep. I'm all for it. I've already seen like a a photoshopped uh, logo for them. Like yeah, let 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 Delano and Barnes be a thing. Like Delano that. and Barnes is huge. I'm pretty sure Selena and Barnes, like, if I'm not mistaken, they actually have a musical. Like, someone made a musical about Selena and Barnes. <laughs> I also feel like they they split they, up. They split up, at and one, one died. Oh, okay, well, that's, that's one died in like cool. a plane crash or something. Yeah. Okay, oh. yeah, for sure not funny, like but um, 
I think as a Toronto, yeah, we got, got dark. I got as a, dark. Yeah, Matt, you're really coming in hard with Sorry. the old death fact. Um, but yeah, I, I do think like a weirdly specific Toronto thing is growing up with Buffalo ads. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Salino and Barnes, Delano and Barnes. Huge. That's good stuff. Um, let's go to, uh, who wants to go next? Uh, Matty D or, or Sean? Let's do. I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't have anything good, but I can jump in. Uh, yeah, go for <laughs> I mean, so we really like left the whole Scotty Beans thing behind. I think too prematurely. <laughs> okay. uh, if you recall, the first night of the season on the jumbotron, I think they still run this little uh, trivia thing on him. Uh, it's like a guess who the player is type thing, and it's like, oh, was played at Florida State, was drafted fourth overall. His favorite food is beans, and it was Scotty Barnes, and it seemed like Scotty Beans was going to catch on. And now I'm trying to think of ways to work beans. Like what is a good combination with beans, right? Like you've got like rice and beans. So you could do maybe like spice and beans or something like that. Okay. You can even just do like, uh, you know, the the extreme beans. You ever had extreme beans before? Like a pickle. It's like a brand of pickled beans. They're spicy. Like that of like that could be like the Pascal and uh like scotty connection is the extreme beans like i don't know it's silly but we've we gotta get beans back into the scotty barnes discourse because it's too good his last name is too close to beans to not do it as well um so anyway we can work beans back in i'm uh, very happy if you can get some kind of beans sponsorship i think that's uh the the, the raptors doing it right yeah this this is the type of logic that should go into every nickname if your nickname's like too cool (laughs) and not weird or funny it's not gonna stick like you, hmm. you need to have a bit of a it's got to be a bit like like I don't know. Yeah, like a Scotty Beanstalk. Um, <laughs> that's yeah. Beanstalk is maybe weird. We don't want to think about <laughs> um, like any stock vegetable or like that's just it's not fun. Um, but yeah, OK, Scotty Bean. I mean, Scotty Beans just like it does work. There's no reason to not call them Scotty Beans. I don't beans, know. Barnes, I mean, maybe yeah. if he jumps really high, be like he got a bunch of beans. Um <laughs> Beanstalk yeah. Barnes. Uh, I'm I'm making your good idea worse with my scat, <laughs> with my scatting. So, uh, yeah, M- Maddie, what's a what's a nickname for somebody who needs a nickname? Well, these two, I'd it's kind of a weird pairing, but you know we could make it work. Um, I want to put Svi and OG together, but it's going to be called Svi and Tea Time. And so what we're going to do, yeah, because, you know, OG's from the UK, OG's OG's from the UK, so he's heavy into the T, but like put these two guys on, depending on what they're up to on the court, if they're taking, you know, Devlin would have so much fun with this. If they're, if they're like just taking deep threes, be like, it's going to be an oolong night for this. <laughs> wow. The stretch. That is not where I saw this going. And like, if they're doing some cool passing, it's like, I think it's V and T and they're serving mint fresh. Uh, <laughs> Maddie, have you, did you, come, did you read the word oolong today and reverse engineer this entire bit? Like, That's a fun word. I want that worked in here. <laughs> yeah, oh, it did. It all started with oolong for sure. Your nickname needs a lot of help from Devlin. Like, yeah, like, a ton. Like, you need to sit down Devlin before the game. And you're like, okay, listen. Um, yeah. Uh, you got to work this whole thing in. Um, 
No, yeah. good, good stuff though, Maddie. Thank you. Uh, oh, do we cut you off? Is there more? Oh uh, yeah. Well, no. Just like you know, if they're if they're pulling a bit of a Steph Curry and they're they're doing like the full court shots, could be like the SVT sermon chamomile mile long, okay. mile. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, for me, the oolong. Another oolong um, shot? Yeah, let's, let's Too many distance-based tea jokes? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah CJ, come on, come on, Miles. Uh, <laughs> bring him back, baby. Uh, Talking about nostalgia. Uh, I had another one, guys. Um, okay, good. I want to just chime in with. Yeah. Like, we, we're missing, I think, the most, like, prime duo for a nickname on the team, which is, like, the Precious and Boucher yeah, crazy people back uh, front court that they bring off the bench. You yeah. could go Towers of Terror. You could go Mash Brothers. There's got to be something Ooh. in there, right? Like mm. those two guys like play very similar styles that are. They seem very conducive to some kind of nickname, even if my two options there weren't so good. Yeah, yeah. Totally like, you is there is there a PB and? I mean, we don't have a J on a team, but like you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, sorry, I also didn't have a good <laughs> idea. Oolong! Uh, Oolong, yeah! That's, that, that's the ticket. SVT, um, hiding, uh... or something. Yeah, there we go. Chulong. Yeah. There we go. Um, what are some other fun words we can reverse engineer? Little orange peekaboo out there. I'm, I'm gonna take you for a bit of a walk here, for mine, uh, which... Uh, Maddie, I'm going to save you because mine is for sure the worst. Uh, it's like, it's actually what I described, like you're not supposed to do with a nickname, which is like, try to be cool. But mm. I think it's kind of dumb and maybe could work uh, only because, yeah, I could, see, I could see people having fun with it. And I get that OG's name is already kind of a nickname like OG is like, it's cool. Like you don't have to mess with that. Yeah. You're already, you're treading into very dangerous waters here. I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause he's, but, I, but I'm just trying to, there's gotta be something about his personality. And I just, I'm always blown away that he doesn't do like battle cry shouts. Like everyone, like almost everyone in the Raptors, maybe Fred is also a little bit on the, on the silent side, but, He's got uh, OG's got a real like Kawhi energy when it comes to like getting fouled and like kind of just like not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea is Mr. Silent. Now I'll let you all just uh, <laughs> let that soak in for a sec. That's and got some real Kevin Durant wanting to call himself the servant vibes. I'm not right? gonna lie. No, it does. It does. Uh, or or uh, old Jem is uh, Tim Duncan trying to call himself. Um, the uh he was like call me merlin and people were like absolutely not <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> shaq just named you the big fundamental so that's what's up um yeah mr silent straight up sucks so uh you know what guys oh, you could go you could go to charlie chaplin some sort of silent movie star <laughs> Char- there you go charlie you're all chaplin. set <laughs> okay now you know let's see okay we're, we're riffing here this is good um yeah. I thought Mr. Quiet. I don't know what the Mr. is. So then <laughs> now like, you're just naming off children's books. I know. I, I really, I really, where, where is it? It sort of comes from this. I have this, this little. There you go. I thought I awesome. saw that when you drank So that's where this is coming from. I, I went to French immersion school. We had Monsieur Rapide. 
Mm. And uh, yeah, Mr. Silent and stuff. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's just me trying to justify a really bad nickname to my own <laughs> question. So <laughs> I'll tip my hat to myself. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's take a quick break here and um, move on to some NBA stuff. So, uh, Maddie, good sir, would you give me the loudest Adam Silver sounding NBA sting? This is Adam Silver. Okay, so uh, I originally, this question was originally just thoughts on the Portland, uh, you know, fire sale. But I think with some some massive trades uh, between, you know, uh, Portland and New Orleans and Indiana and Sacramento, I think there's four franchises that perhaps more, you know, like bigger trades will come, you know, Harden, Simmons, whatever. Um but I think those are like just like massive moves. Like, like, like this is already not a quiet deadline. Like those are really big moves. And um, I think they like each team I want to kind of get in, you know, inside their logic. Uh, We might not get to all the teams, but let's start with you, Sean, pick me or give me one of those teams and just kind of tell me like, like what they're doing. Um, or, you know, if you think or if you just don't know what they're doing and they're making mistakes, that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think as just like a general assessment of all of them, they all make me very sad. I, I find that all of the trades that went down today, like the Sabonis for Halliburton mm-hmm. one along with the McCollum one, feel like trades that Brian Colangelo would have made when his job was on the line. Like, yes. all reek of these are not going to help anybody. They're probably going to amplify problems and you know, it reeks of, I made this deal and it's not going to be my problem afterwards. So who cares? Which like, Hey, shout out to you, uh, Kings GM, Monty McNair. Um, I think the most interesting one, I mean, it's tough. They're, they're, are they interesting? They're just sad reshuffling of deck chairs to me. I would say the blazers though, like this one could go so many different ways. And honestly, I don't hate the theory behind what they're doing, even if they're very clearly, kind of getting owned in all these deals. I do think there's something to the idea of just cleaning up all of the ample messes that Newell Shea's ass left behind because that mm-hmm. guy was so bad at his job. He was Colangeloing it up for like four years, desperately yeah. trying to fix that team. And then he paints themselves into the corner where it's like, oh, another 6'3 guard for us to pay. Norm Powell, let's go. Like, let, we, we were yeah. just going to monopolize the market of 6'3 guards and play small like with them. Like, those are bad moves altogether. And I think moving off of those mistakes, like you could say, Oh man, they gave up Gary Trent jr. For Norm Powell. They gave up multiple first for Robert Covington. I kind of think it's sort of a sunk cost at this point and getting rid of the bad that Neil O'Shea did and hopefully sort of reorganizing the team around Dame. And I guess Infernie Simons is a thing now, and maybe Nurkic if they bring him back, like, I don't think it's like terrible, in terms of theory, it just looks really bad because Neil O'Shea set them up for failure with whatever the te- teardown was going to look like. So it's tricky. Like, it, yeah, I, losing a McCollum and Larry Nance in that trade isn't awesome. But I like before I learned Nance was going the other way, I actually thought they'd made up pretty all right. Because if you're imagining, like, think about the kind of wing you've wanted to see next to Damian Lillard for the last five years. Josh Hart's kind of the perfect one. 
He's mm-hmm. really good. He's an excellent defender. He's been kind of an extra sort of exciting on-ball guy this year, too. He's perfect next to Dame. I think that's like an actual legit building piece for them. It's just they didn't get much else back for any of the moves they did, and they've kind of stripped down this at once kind of charming era into this very sad ending, and I don't know where Dame's going to go with it. Maybe Dame's on board with it all, and it's like, get all these 6'3 guards the hell out of here. Let's reshape this thing, please. And that could be what's going on, too. So I'm fascinated by the Blazers. I'm sad about the Blazers, but ultimately I kind of think this was a Band-Aid that had to be ripped, and it's on Neil Olshay and not on the front office that's there now. I think his name's Joe Cronin. I could be making that name up entirely, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at with the Blazers. Is the, like the, the process by which they've gotten here was bad, but these are moves they kind of had to make. Yeah, well, well said, and I feel like a key point here is, is Dame's um, buy-in. Right. Mm. So, you know, if he is if you know, if you think that you can sort of build on the fly with him uh, and he's into that, I feel like you don't have a lot of other options. Mm -hmm. And also, I think part of the mistake here is that Portland is in this camp of teams that I feel like are a little bit delusional when it comes to cap space and what they could potentially do with it. Um, maybe I'm wrong and that guys want to play with Dame and that's sort of an angle that they can work and not having money, you know, kind of locked up with uh, CJ and Norm and everything. They can use that elsewhere. I'm I'm not sure that that really is like a winning idea, but also, yeah, sometimes things are so bad that you have to start kind of cleaning up and the cleanup just is not going to look great. So I, I think this was the year for Portland where they had hung on long enough and finally the bottom seems like it's fallen out. Maybe they're looking at a team like Memphis and saying like they were good for a long time but never made it all the way and they've been able to kind of like retool. I mean, I think Memphis's situation was, was pretty different as well. But um, yeah, Jay, who's your uh, – can also be Portland. But uh, is there any team that you, you feel like – sort of comfortable jumping into the psyche of? Uh, I was going to jump into the Kings, but I don't want to imagine myself jumping into their psyche, to be honest with you. <laughs> I Very don't know fair. what's happening there. Hey, it's they the had one of California, man. They had one job. The one job was keep the best player on the team, and they didn't do that. So <laughs> I'm not going to bother trying to explain what they're doing. Uh, yeah. I just hope that the Raptors can somehow profit from it. Um, but a team that that – they could have profited from was the Pacers and that looks like that's out the window. Um, so I'm going to focus in on the Pacers here, you know, as recently as 24 hours ago, I was like miles Turner was number one on my Raptors board. And in the last 24 hours, he's posted some really weird TikTok video. Yeah. And the Pacers have gone all in on him being their front court and not to bonus. So I'm out on, on Turner from a Raptors perspective, but also mm-hmm. the Pacers, I think, did fairly well. Maybe I'm a little too high on Halliburton, but at the same time, it's, you know, when, when you think about Levert being unloaded for a player who may never actually play for them and coming out with Halliburton out of this Sabonis deal, that's actually pretty good. So I think that their, their roster is a lot cleaner now. It's not mm-hmm. clogged in the middle anymore. And while some may argue that there are similarities in the games of Brogdon and Halliburton, I say if you can get the best player in a deal, even if he's not the best player right now, you go for it. And I like the way the Pacers look now. And 
you know, kind of to Sean's point earlier, it's kind of weird that we're talking about these four teams and all four of them are profiting from the inclusion of a play-in tournament. If there was no play-in tournament, I wonder if these trades would have happened at all. But since they're all hovering around about the 10 seed, they kind of have to do something, right? And whether or not it ultimately leads to success, uh, is I, I doubt that's going to happen this year or even next year. But at the very least, the Pacers, I think, came out as the early winners so far of, of the trade deadline because they turned a pretty ugly situation into um, a digestible one. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if you go all the way back to Paul George too, getting, you know, Sabonis and Oladipo, and like now you've sort of been able to, you know, curry that towards getting like a, you know, Sabonis for um, for Halbert. And also, I mean, uh, I think he has some issues, but I think Buddy Heald's a player. Uh, you know, he can, he can shoot. He can definitely shoot. So Indiana, they might have some, yeah, like a kind of like better bones, better structure now. And um, also, I think this is a victory. It's a good point you make, Jay. Like the the play in, everyone had their doubts, but uh, more teams that are kind of like on the bottom middle, trying to be good or exciting, is sort of, in my opinion, like the one of the major intentions of the of the the play in, you know, the actual games themselves uh, to me is a little bit secondary to the fact that you don't want six or seven teams on each conference being like, I'm out of here uh, every year that it's just not a good look on the league to have like upwards of eight teams tanking. Um, and it's probably good for, for Tristan Thompson and maybe Chloe Kardashian that he's outside of California now and in Indianapolis, <laughs> like good luck cheating on her now. I don't know. Just, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sure this will be an entire like uh, Kardashian episode. Like they'll be like, let's go to Indiana. Let's figure out what's going on there. Okay, not too much. Um, so we're gonna head back to LA. Uh, that, that's what I imagine that show is. Like, yeah, private jets, and you check out a place, and then you leave. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> land. Nope. Let's fly back. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of like plane touching down, looking out the window. Yeah. My, there are a lot of chilies here. Uh. <laughs> a lot of chilies. Um, okay, this this is good because I feel like okay. So my team uh, is New Orleans, and sort of my take there is Zion desperation. They've been through it with Paul. They've been through it with Davis. I'm sure some you know there's some like legitimate Zion doubt, but you have to try and make the best possible situation for him, assuming that. They will be able to get him back at some point. I don't know if it's this year, whatever. I think his health is important. You know, you, you, you got a guy like JV. I'm not sure how that all fits, but you got JV, Ingram, um, and and hopefully Zion. And, you know, you add McCollum to that. And, and Larry Nance. And Larry Nance. Like, you know, yeah, I don't. it's not a team that anyone's like scared of, I don't think. But also you are adding – talent uh you know cj is 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 a legit scorer also i think there's something to be said about like shots uh in in an offense and that was part of why i was really excited about the the trent powell thing because when i watched trent in portland i kind of had this vibe of like wait does this guy think he's dame because if that's the case maybe he needs to be on a team where he's allowed to shoot way more and i mean obviously i don't think Gary is Dame, but I, I also don't think CJ's Dame. I'm just trying to say that those guys being in a in, in a situation where they are the main ball handler shooter, you know, could be 
could be a good situation. Uh, and again, obviously, you know, Trent's not the main, he barely handles the ball. He just gets it and shoots, but uh, it's working out for him. Okay. That's uh that's, that's my new Orleans assessment. And yeah, I think, I think we all didn't really touch the Kings because yeah, we should give the Kings a second. Because... Yeah, let's, let's give them a quick sec. Look, I, so I think this thing happens sometimes where people who play for the Kings get like underrated because they're such a nightmare franchise. And so like, I still think De'Aaron Fox has something like there's gotta be yep. something there. Right. And, and you know, Rashawn Holmes, uh, you know, everyone's really, oh, Rashawn Holmes is so amazing. He should be an all-star. That was insane, by the way. But, like, he's mm-hmm. a good player. He's nice. He's got the nice floater and everything. I have no idea why they would want to fit him next to Sabonis. And I kind of think Holmes might get traded now as sort of a subsequent move here to help rebalance the roster around mm. this Fox and Sabonis thing. And I see Jay, much like all the other Raptors freaks out there, being like, Rashawn Holmes is what the Raptors need, baby. Maybe he is. I don't really know if that's true. But, um, you know, he's been on a team that's been like the worst offensive team in the last three years like uh, with a bullet, and he's been their anchor. So I don't know. The, the, the correlation, causation, et cetera, et cetera. But... I like, is there a world where this works for the Kings? Like a Fox Sabonis one too. Sabonis is really good. He was probably like, he's in that all-star snub conversation, like considering how he's played and what his efficiencies look like. And he's been mm-hmm. like a hub of the offense down there. You've got Davion Mitchell who like, I'm not super thrilled on a guy whose only thing is defense. Like it'd be nice if he had some offensive juice to his game. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. I don't know. It maybe would have fit a lot better if they still had healed, but like, I like Harrison Barnes. He's a guy, like I said, like if you could poach him, please do it. But like, he kind of, I think is essential to making it work now with what they have. Like they got no depth. Like it's probably not going to work. It's the Kings, but like, is it like, can either of you see where they're coming from with this one? Like Sabonis is right now the best player in the trade. Something to be said for that. No. Yeah, and it's obvious that they're they're going in in a specific direction, and that direction is picking up more left-handed players. So, can I offer <laughs> you Goran Dragic, please? And uh, you, you obviously need a backup now that Heald is gone. He's lefty. I mean, it's a match made in heaven. That's uh, I'm just guessing here because I think none of us can really guess what the Kings are are doing. I do think though that with the the trades that have happened, there's there's gonna be there's gotta be something else like. Whether it's Barnes, whether it's Holmes, I don't know who that is. But uh, Dragic is a lefty in a backup card, so I'm just saying he's, he's out there if, if the Kings are, are, are going to continue in this direction. And I'm sure that uh, definitely he will be thrilled to be in Sacramento as well, uh, <laughs> much like he was thrilled to be in Toronto. What's better than Toronto? Sacramento, baby. Uh, by the way, uh, as we're, you said blurred out breaking news, Please. Bradley Beal is wow. undergoing season-ending surgery on his <gasps> wrist. Wow. Oh my goodness! Wow, that, that is broke. very big news, and uh-huh. I that's that's upsetting. Poor Bradley Beal, that sucks. Yeah, poor Bradley Beal. He won't be able to hit any threes to bring the Wizards to within 14 points and go crazy and be a crazy front runner anymore this year. Um, it's a real bummer for him. No, I, that sucks. Obviously, for him yeah. to get hurt, but that. I mean, might actually be a blessing in disguise for the Wizards who keep trying to trick themselves into thinking they're something better than the 12th seed uh, with their collection of guys who stink. Maybe yeah. they go make some moves now as a result. And I mean, the the Wizards, like as far as that trick, this year was like the the ultimate like piece de resistance, like mm-hmm. where it was like it was like we're actually 
second in the East or whatever. Yeah, we're it was. ten and two, baby, ten and, and two. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. They're like I think they're they're uh, sort of like doubtful to make the play in. Um, I yeah, they oh, they they, got they, no shot. they they like they're sub Knicks in terms of playoff hopes, and that's not a place you want to be. No, not at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, the 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 Knicks and the Wizards being totally fake is is very fun. Um, although I feel a bit. A bit, a bit sad for the Wizards fans. I, I mean, I don't know if they deserve this, but also I'm a Raptors fan, so I don't care too much. No, um, no. I thought you were going to say I feel bad for Knicks fans, and I was no, going to leave no. the call. <laughs> I, I, okay. I felt bad for the Nick for the Knicks for like one minute about a year and a half ago. Hmm. Then as soon as I started seeing the like Randall like is like so much better than Pascal, and just like the Knicks being in the playoffs one year, I'm like honestly. I'm good for you to be to miss the playoffs for the next 10 years. Like in that the was playoffs like, in the one year where 90% of the East got hit by COVID and they did not yeah. uh, And they like were annoying enough to be the four seed with like a, what a 48 win season prorated at that. If that like get yeah. out of here, the Knicks were always going to be asked this season. And I'm very glad it's come true. It's the thing I was the rightest about coming into the year. <laughs> Yeah, I I, uh, I I thankfully called that as well. Uh, I said Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs. Um, I said also said Raptors six seed, which I feel like is looking okay. Um, Might but, be lowballing uh, there. <laughs> I think I actually am low. But people were talking to me like I was a, a madman Homer, and I was like, I, I just I don't think I am. I think that this roster is really young and yeah. going to do okay and get better as we go along. But um, you know, just to your Sacramento point, I think there is some. Some logic towards, you know, having a guy that's really good, bringing him over now and kind of like sim- sort of similar to New Orleans. Like it's it's a it's a right now temporary move potentially. Um, and, you know, I think there might be some stuff there where they when they got healed for Cousins, they really thought he was like the franchise guy that he's he's kind of he's kind of like a, a tertiary piece more so. So it could have been, you know, they also wanted to get off of him because I think they got holiday back who I really like. And they got who might not be able to play for them in Sacramento because he's unvaccinated. Oh dear. Okay. Well, oh, I don't like geez. that. Um, you know what? <laughs> I'll just, I, I, I think, I think that's the end of me defending Sacramento because there is <laughs> it's like, all right, of course they bring over a guy that's like anti-vax. It's like, all right, is that man. one where they didn't do their due diligence on it? It's like, yeah, yeah Justin holiday. Sure. That's and the Pacers are like, Okay, sure. <laughs> is that like, why they they said that there's two Jeremy Lambs going over? Because let's yeah. just hide the fact that holidays here. We're we're just gonna have a second Lamb. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that's their way. It's like a clause that they can get out of the deal. We're like, no, no, we wanted two Jeremy Lambs. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We actually uh, we we looked on Twitter and everyone's mad about Halliburton, so this trade isn't happening. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's do a little bit of All Star talk and. Uh, Jay, let me go to you first. Um, this is obviously like a Homer framing, but uh, I do think he was, he seems like the biggest snub to me. Uh, besides Pascal Siakam, who do you think is the biggest uh, all-star snub, East or West? Uh, I was going to go with Pascal Siakam with a K, um, but that's probably, <laughs> not, that's probably not eligible. So I'm going to go with uh, Jared Allen. Uh, I thought that he should have made it over... Over Lamelo, I understand the reasoning. Uh, I don't like the reasoning, but the same can be said for Middleton and, and Tatum being in there. But as for snubs, yeah, Jared Allen for me is is, is the next man up uh, outside of Siakam. Uh, yeah, Jared Allen's I think a really good pick. Um, 
Sean, who's your who's your snub? Yeah, I mean, Allen's probably the right answer. Um, you know, I don't really get like the insane consternation that he didn't make it. Like, yes, he probably should be there. I think he's been the second or third best center in the East this year, so that probably mm-hmm. qualifies him. But like, I don't know. Like, he's the guy who catches Darius Garland's lobs. Like, it, I'm always going to side with the guy who is like the offensive engine for his team over the guy who is sort of the benefactor of the offensive engine. Now that's not to say Jared Allen is not amazing. Cause he's been like the anchor of the defense. He is you know posting up well and all that. Like he's been really, really good. I love Jared Allen. He's incredible. He would have been a super fun all-star as well with all the dunks. But yeah, like I, I think like objectively Siakam is the biggest snub, his numbers, his impact, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But as far as like, fun quality like anthony edwards should be there man like i love anthony edwards he's an all-star ass player imagine him like in the dunk contest and the three-point contest just like yeah what i mean i'm here i'm gonna do it like the quotes would be incredible i uh yeah i'm upset there's no anthony edwards because that guy could watch it uh like do anything i could watch that dude water grass and i would be happy with it so i'm a little bummed he's not there i get why and all that but like I don't know. He's a better player than Wiggins. <laughs> like, don't even think it's especially a conversation. He should be there ahead of Wiggins. And it's a bummer that he's not in there because uh, Anthony Edwards is like shortlist with John ja Morant for guys who are going to be the coolest players for the next 10 years. I think it's those mm-hmm. two, maybe Scotty Barnes because the no look passes and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a bummer that there's no ant because that guy rocks. Yeah, Ant is awesome. I feel like we'll have a year. I don't know when, but there will be a time when it's like he jumps when they when they pull out those stats about like jersey sales. Mm. He's just gonna have a moment where it's like he went from the forty fifth top jersey sale in the world to like number seven because people are gonna be like, wait a second, this guy can do like everything and is also mm-hmm. like really funny and like cool and genuine in interviews. Like I think he's, I don't know. Yeah, he definitely has like a, a magnetic personality that. I feel like if he wasn't in Minnesota, perhaps we'd, we'd know about uh, mm-hmm. significantly more. Um, and I know you mentioned Sean earlier. I know it's not, it's not related to this, but like the fact that Justin Holiday is not vaccinated, it got me thinking about, you know, the possibility of, again, I don't wish this on anybody, but these guys are going to get tested. And I wouldn't be shocked mm-hmm. if someone did test positive at all-star weekend. And guess what? And Edwards is already there, right. For the uh, rookie game. Right. So He's going to be in the city. So if they need a replacement, maybe he'll end up in there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I would imagine like, I don't know, this season's weird, right? I'm not penciling in all of these guys who are on the team to make it like there could be multiple injury replacements. Right. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's very likely that our pal Pascal even gets called at some point. You know, I, I would imagine Alan would get the call ahead of him just because he's in Cleveland. But yeah, it's um, it, the nice thing is that it's like a loaded year where there's lots of deserving guys, and yeah, it's it's fun to not be sitting here other than Wiggins, I guess, at Middleton, like not being upset about any of the guys making the team because they're all pretty cool and fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the the snub conversation. I feel like a, a long time ago, I sort of like reframed it in my head to be like, this is just another way to give other good players like a nod Mm -hmm. because it's not, I never really am arguing like from the snub perspective, like maybe this is just semantical, but I'm never coming from the angle. Like they should, you know, for sure replace blank player, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, yeah, sometimes there are like really egregious selections, but I think this year is an example of like, it's not too egregious. Um, 
And I'll also say, like, I think the Lamelo pick actually makes a lot of sense if yeah. you're trying to like properly capture what this season has been, because the East is really good and really close, and the top ten teams are all awesome. I think it makes sense to have every one of those teams have at least one All Star, which they do now. The Lamelo's in, so I, I have no real qualms with it. I also there's this like urge for people who are like, oh, make it 15 uh, roster spots on the all-star teams. I think that sucks. This ain't RuPaul's best friend race. Like, I, I don't huh. care. Yes, there's snubs. It's part of the deal. 12, like 12 makes it special. And so I, I'm not here for expanding the rosters, even though it may be, you know, you could argue that it's time for it because there's that much more talent in the league. I don't think it's like a thing that matters that much that you have to open up more spots to get more guys in. Yeah, I don't think it's like a Shantae, you all stay scenario. (laughs) It's just not, you know, um, but yeah, so I'll I'll say that I I kind of Jared Allen is like sort of my pick, but I kept getting confused with and, you know, it's going to be a bit sacrilegious, but I I think Mobley is like so crazy good. And Mm -hmm. when I look at like like rookie of the year, sort of he's the one person where I'm like. I have to keep checking my bias because I'm like, he's he's really good in a lot of ways and it's like producing wins immediately. And, mm. you know, not an all-star worthy player, but like, but anyways, yeah, that and Allen, and I just don't know how that interacts. And like, you know, Kevin Love is kind of doing some stuff. Like I just, yeah, like, and, you know, to your point, Sean, with Allen catching lobs, but yeah, so it was sort of Allen. And then my backups are kind of um, DeAndre Ayton, I feel like, is is a major member of the Suns who doesn't his stats aren't wild like I think it's like sixteen and ten, but the Suns are the best so I feel mm-hmm. like perhaps that's a that's a reason to throw him in there. Um, again, you know he's not missed to, a lot of time though. No, yeah, like, he's does that like, not throw you off? He only played thirty two games. Yeah, I he's, think he's, he's played like fewer minutes than Jimmy Butler who missed like eighteen games. Oh wow, yeah, I feel like he yeah. was in the Siakam kind of. Or I guess he's missed more than Siakam, but um, yeah, Aiden's played nine hundred and thirty-seven minutes this year. Siakam has played fourteen hundred and seventy-seven. So okay, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> substantial. Yeah, and then the other guy, um, but you know, it's kind of the counterpoint. I think wins out like that. You were saying, Sean, about like the representation of a bunch of guys. Like that's why I sort of like the Lamelo thing too. But I think the way okay, this is also a bit sacrilegious because I hate the Celtics, but. I do feel like Jalen Brown is kind of like perennially, I don't know, underrated sort of just because like he's also really good. 24 points a game and I guess he's just not as good as Tatum and that's like the end of the story and Celtics are only in eighth place so they don't deserve two guys and maybe that's it. But uh, yeah, Jalen Brown, I, I don't know. He, he's It's a bit of a reach. I think it's pretty good. It's Siakam in my opinion. But um, yeah, like no, none of these guys have been driving – winning and offense and pulling the strings on every single game he yeah. plays in like Siakam has, right? Like if you've been watching, he's like very clearly the most obvious all-star snub. And I think it's like possible that it looks really stupid that he didn't make it at season's end when he makes all NBA. Like it's going to be like that guy wasn't on the all-star team this year when he finishes the season averaging 23, six and nine. Like, yeah, that, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's pretty egregious, honestly, if we're like going on all-time all-star snubs. I think he's been that good, but ultimately it's a fake game. And honestly, Pascal could probably use the time off. Yeah, and I feel like – sorry, Jay, did you have something? Yeah, I was just going to add that um, it always feels like it's like you're, it's like you're really in the, the camp of a guy when you say this, but 
also his defense. And I, yeah. I feel like it's his defense is unreal. And yeah, he's all defense. Like he's, he's all defense. Good. So it's like yeah. that to me. I get it's like kind of counting stats when it comes to the all-star, but it's like, man, his defense mm-hmm. is so special. And there's two parts of the game, offense and defense. Like a whole part of it is defending guys. And he's amazing at that. Um, cool. Well, I think, uh, I think, I think that's it for the pod, everybody. Um, thank you both so much for joining. Thanks uh, you know, to everyone who's been listening. We've been growing a lot over the past couple months. So super appreciate it. Keep sharing and all that good stuff. Let's go to you first, Sean. Um, what's up where where can people find you what do you want them to listen to all that good stuff yeah locked on raptors is every day it's on youtube you can watch the show on youtube and support and all that subscribe there you can listen on all all the podcast platforms as well and uh big guests coming up tomorrow howard beck's coming on the podcast he wrote a big feature about fred van vliet uh, recently and so he's coming on the show talk about that we'll talk a little deadline stuff too so you got that to look forward to and then a uh, basketball with katie heindel is the other show you can listen to every thursday that one drops we have a patreon page if you want to support that and uh, we talk about basketball sort of it's a good show <laughs> right on um yeah i mean sean is an absolute must follow so so make sure you do that we'll we'll post your stuff well, let me just ask you sean are you at all tempted to say what up beck or will that be like is that like are you like writing that down like don't say that I refuse to say A, because I feel like I'm stealing, and B, look, I know it's still a touchy subject, but it's a Kobe quote, and I'm not a particular Kobe fan, oh. and I don't want to use a Kobe quote on my podcast. Call me a hater if you want, but uh, I'm all set. I don't, I don't need to be quoting Kobe Bryant when speaking to Howard Beck. <laughs> oh, my God. Thanks for the quick education there. I did not know that's where it came from. Yeah, it's apparently like a, like a Beck's in, in somewhere like an, at a Lakers game or something. And Kobe Bryant walks in and like pulls his sunglasses down and is like, what up, Beck? Which like undeniably cool, but also it's Kobe and I don't need to quote that shit. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I am in full support uh, of you. Um, Jay, what's up? Uh, where can people find you? You know, where, where, where do you want to spread the good word? Uh, no, I'm just going to plug, uh, Raptors HQ and, and the podcast. That's a wrap. We, we publish, we don't publish every day as is, I don't know how Sean, you do it, but, uh, we, we, we got it once a week and I got a weekly post of the wrap up where I look at the games of the week. And yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalasaurus. Uh, this has been a whole lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for obliging me despite not having a working microphone. This is great. <laughs> oh, big reveal. Big the reveal. Big reveal. I came oolong on this one. <laughs> Huge. But thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. Oh, anytime, man. Anytime. Thanks for the puns. Thanks for making it work with your dog and everything. And, and the prop mic. It's huge. Uh, Cool. Well, yeah, uh, you know, thanks again, guys. And thanks for everyone who's listening. And uh, yeah, that, that's been the episode. Check us out next week. And Maddie, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those delicious words. I love so much. Okay. Okay.